This is now the third take. So before I get started, I just need to say that what happened in Alamance County, North Carolina, a couple nights ago, as peaceful marchers were marching from a church to a voting booth to raise awareness for early voting and to go vote, were attacked, unprovoked, by police officers, sanctioned police officers, ordered to attack them and keep them from voting. This is, this is not an example of a few bad apples because that, that excuse is bullshit. This is the entire police force in that county specifically right now. But yeah, it's just evidence of the greater, the greater systematic problem that the police have. Cops are not there to help. 911 operators are there to help. Ambulance drivers, EMTs, fire departments, all there to help. Cops are there to protect property and to keep people in line. That's it. That's why they were created in the first place. That's what they do. The system is broken. It needs to be rebuilt from the ground up. All those cops that were involved in that beating and pepper spraying of three-year-old children, of disabled people, of elderly people, every single one of them should be arrested for aggravated assault. Will any of them face any charges? No. Maybe they'll get suspended with pay. Awesome. I would love to get suspended with pay. It's not just a few bad apples. The tree is rotten. Think about it. If there are that many bad apples, something's got to be wrong with the tree. Anyway, cut the tree down, plant a new one, because this tree fucking sucks. All right, let's get into something more fun. My name's Buck, Mucky Little. I'm a little halfling with but no more bad language. I used to work on a stop, a truck shop, Mucky Little Buck. Uh, and running and rolling and rolling in the mud. <laughs> Scuttling swift. What's that whiff? It's me, my good little pup. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my skull. But mostly role-playing games. I promise. Hey Joe, it's Barry here from Shadow of the Gem Podcast. Not messaged in a while, just want to say, really enjoying listening to your walkthroughs of uh, Rise of the Ruin Lords. I never made it only through a, a Pathfinder adventure path, so it'll be interesting to hear how that goes in the end. My other question is, how many times we could, should we put money? Could we sweepstakes? How often is Puck going to die before he eventually dies? I wouldn't know, because <laughs> Leon Farmer, my word, he had well enough chances to come back. You know, you just got to stop getting your characters killed, man. Just, you know, come on. You know, get it up, you know, he's like, you know, expect something with someone more experienced than dying that many times. Come on, get on with it. <laughs> but no, seriously, sounds like an awesome setup and an awesome game. So glad you're enjoying it and hope you managed to keep going even with your busy work schedule there. Speak to you soon. <laughs> Thank you, Barney. That was Barney from Local Ludus with the amazing Puck theme song or whatever that was. It ruled. And dude, Barry, Barney and Barry, dope. B&B Music Factory. Puck. I don't think we'll die. <laughs> he is badass. Uh, I designed him differently. There are sort of two schools of thought uh, in terms of like building 
characters in Pathfinder and 3.5 and games like that. This isn't my theory or anything. I think I first heard it from Demonac over from the Tales from My D&D campaign channel on YouTube. But he was talking about, and I agree with, you could either sort of build your character who can take a bunch of hits, has a ton of hit points, uh, really strong, all that stuff. Or you can build a character who has a really high armor class. Both are practical and doable. And so Leon Farmer, I, I tried to build him to be able to take a bunch of hits. Um, and yeah, he Leon Farmer only got killed twice, and the second time he stayed dead. So it's not like he kept getting up. <laughs> but yeah, Puck, Puck sometimes can get through a whole fight without even taking a hit. Right now, his resting armor class when he's sleeping, I mean, not when he's sleeping, but when he's just walking around, not doing anything, is 29. I can drink my potion of bark skin. Uh, that lasts for 30 minutes, and it'll raise my armor class up to a 31. I can then drink my potion of cat's grace, which will last for three minutes. That will raise my armor class to 33. I can spend a key or chi point, which will give me a plus four to my armor class to raise it up to a 37. If I'm moving through an enemy's square and that movement provokes an attack of opportunity from that enemy, I get an automatic bonus to my AC of plus four. So that brings it up to a 41. So I'm feeling all right. It's just going to get higher as we continue to go. My goal is to get the highest armor class ever. Uh, I've never tried that before, but that is that is mine and Puck's current goal. Uh, and yeah, we'll see how it goes. But thank you for asking, because that leads me into today's show. I got uh, three games to talk about. Yeah, I've played in three games this week. So, uh, or actually last week, last Wednesday, I played in my regular Rise of the Rune Lords game, which was dope. I'm going to talk about that. The next day on Thursday... I played in an amazing Halloween one-shot uh, with my buddy Woody, ran by the incredible Jules Bergeser of Jules from NZ podcast. It was a Halloween-themed one-shot. It was super spooky and fun. She had written it herself. It was great. Talk about that. And then on Sunday, I got to play in a game of Alluvial Plains with Barney from the top of the show and the author of alluvial plains and spencer was there too and there was a couple other dudes and that was really unique and interesting so i want to talk about that all right well let's get into the show all right so as always this is going to contain major spoilers for rise of the rune lords the amazing pathfinder adventure path I believe it was, it's like one of the first ones. It's either the first or second one. I think it might be the first official one for uh, Pathfinder from Paizo. It's dope. Uh, we are pretty deep into book four now, which is amazing. It looks like we're going to finish this thing. There are six books in total, and we're chugging through it, and it's been a blast. So, when last we left our heroes, we had saved the town of Sandpoint from the giant uh, raiding party. We had discovered uh, 
that they were trying to steal a piece, any piece, actually, it turns out, of this ancient, abandoned um, monument, basically. This, this, it used to be this giant lighthouse laser gun thing back thousands of years ago when a different empire ruled the Pathfinder world. Uh, and all the stones are so infused with magic that if the wrong person could get their hands on one of their one of these stones, they might be able to extract the magic and do bad deeds with it. So we figured that out, and so we needed to go uh, take the fight to yeah, take the fight to the enemy. So this session was traveling there we had about a week long journey uh five days to the nearest town where we could stock up and spend a little bit of gold and then another couple days past that so that was fun it was just you know a series of random encounters and those were fun we rescued a farmhouse that was getting raided by ogres they were trying to steal the farmer's cows and the farmer's brandy and so we beat the shit out of those ogres. Uh, that wasn't too much of a much. And then went and kind of hung out with the family for a little while. At one point, there was some serious talk about retiring from adventuring and just starting our own brandy empire. Like buying this dude out because his brandy was really good and he had a bunch of it. <laughs> so I love that kind of shit when everyone's just like, yeah, why are we adventuring? Like, look, we could, we have all this money. There's this awesome opportunity right in front of us. What the hell are we doing going to go into danger? Uh, so that was super fun. But, yeah, we, we persevered on. We kept going. Uh, part of it, we had to... Uh, we, we learned from the giant that the cleric cold-bloodedly first-degree murdered. Um <laughs> We had learned that there were secret entrances into the bad guy's fortress uh, in these river cliffs. There were these caves that we could get into. And so after a long week of riding our horses across the plains and fighting off monsters and, yeah, just general shenanigans, we get to the river, we hire a boat... Uh, Pathfinder had some pretty interesting rules. Uh, you could have, depending on the type of vessel you got, we basically got like a big rowboat sort of thing. Cause you know, none of us have any sort of abilities to boat at all to do any sort of sailor activities. And so you could either, you, <laughs> you, you would have a coxman, which I just had a whole lot of fun saying, uh, basically the captain of the boat. So I just kept calling our bard Captain Coxman. Um, sorry for all the ums. Yeah, so he could either make diplomacy or intimidate checks to pretty much coerce everyone else into rowing better and faster. So I thought that was a pretty fun way to get around. Like, hey, no one in your party probably has the ability to do any sort of sailing stuff. So here's the different way. I thought that was fun. But speaking of the bar, that sort of brings me to another point that folks have been talking about again um, is this idea that games like Pathfinder and 5e and 3.5 and that stuff, it's all about this one man army idea. And 
Yeah, like the bard specifically, without needing to do a bunch of feats or anything, is specifically designed to be a team player and a buffer. That's what their whole class is about. You have to go out of your way to make a bard that isn't good at helping his friends in combat while not being the combat superstar. So, yeah, that that's one of the original, I think, seven core classes. The rogue, again, is also not good at being a one-man army. Rogues in Pathfinder can only get sneak attack on a regular basis if they're flanking with a buddy. So if, they're, if a rogue is out on their own, they can hide and get one attack of sneak attack off. But then once the fight starts, they're on their own, not a lot of hit points, not getting their sneak attack damage. They need, they need friends. Uh, it'd be super easy to build a spellcaster, a wizard, or um, a sorcerer that would be nothing but a buffer without taking a bunch of feats. There are a bunch of spells that can do it. The cleric is also all about helping out his friends. So, yeah, I, I think this idea of the one-man army is largely anachronistic. I don't think it's actually based in the reality of those systems. But I just wanted to put that out there because folks have been talking about it lately. Anyway, so one thing that Puck had bought when they stopped in the town of Wolfseer, which is just a cool name for a town, something that he had been wanting since I had built him, were slippers of spider climb. Yes, 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 folks. So Puck can now run on walls. He can run on ceilings. He is like the exorcist, can just be creepy up on a ceiling. It's awesome. So when we get to these cliffs... You know, there's the one obvious cave. It's like 15 feet above the waterline. Not too difficult. The other clay cave is a couple hundred feet above the waterline on this super sheer cliff. No ladders, no nothing. And we're like, everyone's kind of talking. I was like, just give me the rope. Like, yeah, it's 15 feet up. Who's got the best climb check? Should we take off armor? Blah, blah. I'm just like, give me the rope. Give me the rope. Give me the rope. <laughs> Finally, I was like, give me the goddamn rope. <laughs> so I take the rope because at this point I had bought the slippers sort of in the beginning of the session. And this was later on in the session. And so I think everyone had sort of forgot that I bought slippers of spider climb. So I hop out of the boat and, you know, the DM's like, okay, make a climb check. And I was like, yeah, so I just start running up, running up the cliff. <laughs> I got a climb speed now. My feet stick to the cliff. And so I just run up the cliff, let down the rope, and we get into the upper caves, which was gnarly. We faced some gnarly monsters up there, super sick, gross monsters that Puck really, 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 really hated. Uh, that was a fun, gross, nasty fight. And then, so we're penetrating deeper into these caverns we come across a door uh as opposed to more natural caves so we're like "Ooh, a door that's probably leads to you know where we want to go so we go through the door we're coming down the tunnel right then my buddy woody 
yeets out like his internet crashes or whatever so he's not there as the dm unveils the new map to us and she says okay so there are uh, there were five or six of them (laughs) she's like there are five of these small bearded men with these red hats carrying these large scythes and i was like oh shit because i love red caps I've talked about it on John Allen Large's RDD RPG uh, show a bunch. I love red caps. And I was like, holy shit, we got to fight five or six red caps. Woody's going to lose his mind. But he wasn't even there. But when he, when he got back, I was like, Woody, look at the map, dude. <laughs> look at the map. He's like, oh, fuck. But anyway, so we ended up, it was awesome. We ended up. I, Puck still is unsure how he feels about this. But we ended up parlaying. With the red caps, we told them, we're like, hey, 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 we're not here to fight, you know, we don't want to steal your caves, we want to kill all these giants who have taken over your caves, and so they let us pass, they gave us some warning about what was in the next room, but that's where we ended for the night, the red caps are now our friends, (laughs) these serial killer-esque fae that are just nasty little sons of bitches. They're small-sized. They use regular-sized weapons, though. They're fast. They have fast healing. They have damage reduction. They can kick you and trip you. Um, it would have been... It would have been a gnarly fight. I think it would have... I think it would have... It could have wiped us out. Puck would have survived, because his fists right now actually count as cold iron and that's how you overcome the damage reduction of a red cap so he would have been able to do damage to these bastards but everyone else wouldn't have been able to do much and it would have gotten nasty in a hurry so that was dope and then yeah our next session this coming wednesday will start off with a fight for this thing that's in the next room we don't know much about it it's one singular kobold but all the red cats are like, oh, no, no, don't mess with her. She'll, she's badass. So we went in there. It's one kobold. So I am terrified. <laughs> I am absolutely terrified that Paizo, in their infinite wisdom, were like, yeah, this single kobold can deal with a party of four or five adventurers at 10th level. No problem. Holy shit, folks try to parlay with her didn't work fights about to start so that's where we'll get into it next week and i'll keep you posted all right next game i just learned that interlude is called gray gray joe i don't know how i didn't know that before but i'm going to use it all the time because i'm just that much of an egotist apparently (laughs) anyway so on thursday played in an awesome halloween one shot of 5e dnd 5e as ran by the incomparable jules bergeser of the jules from nz podcast it was myself my buddy woody who is in my rise of the rune lords campaign and also in wheeler woe uh one of Jules's fellow castmates from her actual play, uh, Fate of Isen, uh, JD, or also goes by Jules. So we stuck with JD because two Jules is, you know, confusing. And then another fella 
whose name was started with a D. <laughs> Maybe they just went by D. I can't remember. So it was three Kiwis and two Americans, and it was a blast. I have no idea how the other two New Zealanders felt about playing with Americans and specifically Woody and myself because, I mean, you all know me. Woody is a really good friend of mine, so you can probably get an idea of what he is like. Uh, yeah, and so it was just... <laughs> it was a lot of fun, but it was a cool murder investigation. We were playing a bunch of teens... Uh, like 15, 16 year olds, part of this uh, investigatory group in the world of Fate of Ison, uh, that Jules has been writing adventures for this group now. I think her plan is to write one shots for first through 20th level for this group of individuals. And so this was the fifth level adventure, Halloween horror themed one shot. There had been a series of grisly, which is gruesome and grisly, murders around this region of the world. Uh, and the most recent one was in this one village. So we had been assigned to go to this village and investigate. It was more of a town. So we show up there. We're told to go talk to the, basically, you know, the sheriff of the village, Boss Hog. I forget his name. I think it was Bobby Hogg something, but I just called him Boss Hogg. And he turned out to be a total asshole, man. We hated him. I hated him. Which, you know, I was talking with Jules about it afterwards, and we were talking about how awesome it is when you can get visceral reaction from your players from the NPCs that you throw at them. If they love them, if they hate them, if they want to bang them, or any of those other lesser emotions, if you can pull that out from your NPCs, you're doing something right. And so, yeah, I hated this guy. He was a condescending prick. He didn't want us there at all. Um, yeah, and he was just a dick. So we quickly kicked rocks and got on with the investigation Jules did a fantastic job of throwing a bunch of different suspects at us, all sort of mashed up. So none of them stood out, you know, like there are times sometimes in adventures when things can be really telegraphed, like, oh, you run into this NPC right now. And you're like, OK, yeah, that's the bad guy. Like, that's why they're here right now. But no, like we, so we went into this tavern and just Jules threw out a bunch of people that were hanging out in the tavern. The murderer was one of them, but it was, you know, just lumped in with all these other ones that, and they all seem sort of suspicious. I'm not going to say who the murderer is because maybe some of you all might play this adventure, but yeah, so we, you know, it was a one shot. So there was a time crunch, right? So we didn't have time to sit there and kind of investigate everyone. So we went with our, my first gut was that it was boss hog. Um, and then there was also a very suspicious blacksmith and a couple other really suspicious folks. And so by the time we did our investigating and figured out who the murderer was and went to face them, I mean, it was almost too late. We ended up defeating the bad person before it was too late. So that was good. 
but in doing so we had killed the murderer so we didn't really have time to learn all their motives or anything but that's just that's how things go sometimes you know you you kill you kill the bad guy before you let them monologue and so you don't learn some stuff about why they were doing what they were doing but you know what it doesn't matter because they were bad so they get got and it was really fun i had a a blast um (laughs) there was just tons of hijinks it wasn't super spooky even though jules did an amazing job of setting up these maps uh she's just learning roll 20 but did like the maps were great the room that we investigated where the murder scene was was just it was amazing dude there was this dead body laying on the bed and its guts were all ripped open and stuff it ruled um yeah so it was it was just a really fun quick little one shot you know wrap it up in one session you know what a one shot is <laughs> i know i shouldn't have to say it but i think some folks get confused about that yeah and so that was that was my second game all right so third game more gray gray joe So Sunday, I had the amazing opportunity to sort of play uh, Alluvial Plains, the game that Barney is designing, that Spencer has helped with, and that other dude who has a sweet last name that I can't remember. I think his name is either Dave or Daniel, but I'm a dick, so there you go. But anyway, uh, I've been talking with Barney about it. We've been sort of going back and forth because... The game is such a visual game due to the dice pool mechanics and needing to use different colored dice to represent the different areas that those dice are coming from. I was unsure about it. Um, There is a dice roller app, an amazing, just crazy app that uh, Barney had made for this game which man like just that alone is really really cool so i actually though i was able with i have a boatload of d6s all different colors so no problem there i have some magnification devices at my house so i just use regular dice and i thought the system played really well i really enjoyed it i played a shaman and apparently this was the first session of the new sort of magic system that barney had come up with and i had a lot of fun using it um yeah it it was intuitive it made sense to me the entire day i wasn't sure about how the dice pool system how i would do with it but it really, I thought it made perfect sense. Uh, you always roll this certain amount of dice. You roll your core dice every time. So your three stats, your strength, your dex, and your cognition. You, you're rolling those dice all the time. And then you add to it depending on what other sort of abilities or things of that nature you might have. So I, I, I grokked to that really quickly. Boom. Nailing it on the dice. I thought it was fun. 
and then because each die represents a different ability or stat, you can and are sort of encouraged and supposed to use the dice to help narrate what you're doing. So you might see that your successes came from your cognition and a little bit from your knowledge of the natural world. And so you can use that in your description to talk about your mind and stuff, or maybe it all came from your strength or all your successes came from the energy that you use. Um, so I thought that was really neat. I definitely want to play the game again. I want to run the game eventually. It seems like a really fun game to run. I love the setting. I love playing on Doggerland, which if you don't know, it's a large landmass that used to connect uh, Great Britain to Europe. And it's this massive area that's now completely underwater. Uh, the last time it was above water was a little over, a little less, it was like 8,200 years ago, roughly is when, you know, that was the last time. And bef that had been shrinking for a while now. So there is a lot of room to play with there in the setting. Because if you run it, then, if you run it, so quick, quick little history sidestep here. Roughly 12,000 years ago, there was a period of time that lasted for a long time, decades, maybe centuries, of cataclysmic events that rocked the Northern Hemisphere largely, affected the whole globe completely, uh, but basically hit the history erase button on whatever might have been going on in humanity up till then. Caused a new mini ice age, massive devastation to all of North America. In North America, wiped out 90% of all megafauna. Uh, at one point, they estimate something like 70% of the Earth's vegetation was on fire. It was a gnarly cataclysmic time that humans lived through. That's how badass we are, folks. That's why all this other bullshit pisses me off so much. Because as a species, as a speed, not as a race, because race is some bullshit, socially manufactured fuckery. As a species, we are amazing, capable of untold abilities and just fuck, man. Get it together, folks. Anyway, so you could set alluvial planes. Sorry about that. <laughs> you could set alluvial planes either post younger dryas event so between 10 and 8000 years ago and that would be sort of like a post apocalyptic more what we imagine and what we've been taught as neolithic civilizations were as the cavemen were uh because humanity was just climbing out of generations of armageddons like imagine that Holy shit. Anyway, um, yeah, fuck the Torrid Meteor Swarm. Anyway, so yeah, you could either set a post-Younger Dryas or if you set it pre-Younger Dryas, so, you know, 13, 14, 15,000 years ago, there is a lot of room for weirdness for Gonzo because seriously... We don't know what humanity was like 
before then. We get glimpses, we get hints, we get, you know, misinformation from mainstream sources. So yeah, like it, there is a lot of room there is all I'm saying. I love, I love the setting. I, I really enjoyed the system. I can't wait to run it. Uh, because it was sort of a play test, there was some discussion afterwards, uh, and one of the players was saying that the magic was extremely overpowered and blah, 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 and that, that, that was a little much, a little much for me. It was maybe stronger than Barney had intended, and part of that was my fault. I mean, I, part of the feedback that this dude was giving to Barney, I felt some of it was absolutely directed at me. I was probably pushing the bounds of what the magic was supposed to do and Barney was going along with it, right? So that's on me as much as it is on the system. Uh, so yeah, I think what I, what I told Barney, my vote would be to go back to what he originally had as the magic system because it made using magic, one, it made it harder and two, it made it, cost more so i think that might be a good kind of balancing act like yeah it's a little more powerful but you're only going to be able to do it a certain amount of times and you're mostly not going to be able to use your magic but when you can do it something cool is going to happen and i think that's fun i like that risk reward stuff in games like i'll play that class where i might you know suck a lot of the time but when i can do something i can do it awesome like that's that's fun it's evocative i enjoy it so yeah it was it was a blast i wish there was horrific tech issues to start off like the first hour the game got started off very very rocky uh kind of threw everyone off their game for a while so it took folks a while to kind of get back in the swing of things but I really, 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 really want to play again with Barney and Spencer. Uh, I love playing with both of those guys. The other guys were cool. There was a dude named Liam. Liam seemed pretty awesome. A dude named Tom. Tom was pretty cool. Uh, and another guy who didn't end up playing. Um, so that was kind of a bummer. But, yeah, I like... I, I really want to play it again. I really enjoyed the system. So if anyone else gets a chance to play test Alluvial Plains, I hope you do. I, I recommend it. I think it's really fun. Anyway, that's it for my three games. So let me sign out of here. So sorry, but totally not sorry about the rant at the beginning of the podcast. I just, I had to get it off my chest. Um, it just, when I read about it last night, it, I was furious. I'm still furious about it. So I had to put it out there. It's my show. So I get to do that. <laughs> you know, if you guys don't like it, you don't have to listen, but everybody knows that. Anyway, thank you so much to Barney of local Ludus for the awesome puck theme song and to Barry from GM shadow for calling in and asking about puck. Uh, to kick this whole thing off. I appreciate you dudes calling in. I appreciate everybody for listening. Um, Anyone is welcome to call in. I probably haven't been as good about the call-ins lately. 
just because they take a little more time for me and with the job I get distracted and things get out of order and shit. So if I, if you send in a message and I haven't played it yet, I am really sorry. I, I'm certainly not slighting you on purpose. I think I've got everybody though. I'm trying to get everybody, but you know, shit happens when you party naked. Anyway, everybody, I will talk to you again soon. I love you all. I hope you're doing well. Let's get it together, humanity. Let's do some cool shit. Uh, let's go colonize Mars, maybe Venus. <sighs> yeah, let's 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 get it done. Until we talk again. Peace the frick out.